Welcome to episode two of The Weekly Wise. The show where we question... Everything! Films! Games! TV! Pop culture! Your host, Phoebe Nellis. Hello there, and your co-host, Conrad Ellis, my younger brother. Hola, amigo! Let's jump into the show. Today we'll mainly be talking about The Mandalorian, but in our first uh, part of the show, we'll be talking about the good news and the bad news in the world of movies and games. What news do you have for us today, Conrad? Well, The Mandalorian Season 2 has just busted out on Disney Plus yesterday! Yes! Um, We'll we'll, talk about that later on in the show. We're going to go into spoilers later on. But in other news... After years in development, Sony's live-action Uncharted film um, has, like, finished off filming. Yeah, Um, they've just wrapped filming. If you don't know, Uncharted is a uh, video game. Yeah, it's a video game made for the PS4 and stuff. But the main character is going to be played by Tom Holland. I'm pretty sure he's called, like, Nathan Drake. And uh, there's a picture... I've got up here of Tom Holland as the main character. Desperate typing. <laughs> there he is. So it's it's going to be like an adventurer Indiana Jones type thing. Yeah. Seems like it's going to be interesting at the very least. Yeah. I don't know whether it'll be good or not. But I'm really hyped because Miles Morales, uh, the, the sequel to Spider-Man PS4, nice. is releasing this December on the PS5. And... Mm. We now know that the game will feature an alternate skin for the main character, Miles Morales, which is the suit from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is pretty cool. The game is going to come out on the PS4 and the PS5. It's really uplifting, that news. Yeah, because Spider-Man PS4 was such an awesome game. Like, I played through the entire thing and the story was so good, so I'm really excited for PS5 because the graphics and everything look way better. Unfortunately, uh, we do have yeah. a bad news for today. Yeah. Michael Bay, the director of Transform oh. of all the Transformers films, which aren't really that good to be honest, but anyway, will direct the pandemic thriller oh called gosh. Songbird. Now, so basically what's <laughs> happening here, uh, apparently in the film, the world has has gone in it's like 2024 or something and the world is still in lockdown from (laughs) covid it's gone on to covid 24. (laughs) um this is this is very bad very bad like it's it's kind of like he's just taking advantage of the situation to make money yeah it does feel like that at least at least wait until the pandemic's ended yeah oh my god it's just Disrespectful. It's disrespectful. At the same time, I did watch the trailer and it looks it looks very Michael Bay. Let me yeah. just say that. There's a shot of some slow motion helicopters as explosions. Mm. Oh, do you remember how many explosions are in like the last Transformers film? Yeah, Transformers the last night. So yeah. many explosions. I think we watched like an explosion count, it was like three hundred. Michael Bay is <laughs> He's, he's a he's a very weird director. Like he's a good director, but not he's he's not a good person. <laughs> anyway, we should probably get on to our main topic of this episode, which we are stri- extremely excited for. Yes. Why is the Mandalorian great? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start us off, Conrad, with the characters? 
Alright, so I think the characters, um, can you do the characters? <laughs> yeah, the characters. Let, let's talk about the Mandalorian as the main character. Din Djarin, that's his name. What's so great about his character is that you can tell what he's thinking just from his body language. Like, for the majority, in fact, basically almost in the entirety of the show, his face is covered by the Mandalorian helmet. Yeah. But from his body language and his actions, like in episode three, I think, where he chooses to go and save Baby Yoda. Yeah. We learn so much about him. I'm going to talk more about why the Mandalorian is so great, especially in the most recent episode. He has some great moments in the new episode. Yeah, he is just... But before we get into spoilers, we need to talk about the technology yeah. that they use to create the Mandalorian. Yeah, like the, the volume that they use, which is like a huge it's like sort a, of IMAX screen. Yeah, that it's a huge... It's a huge screen, which means that the light reflects better than a green screen would. Yeah. So it looks way more realistic. It's like they're really in Tatooine. I know. It, it's, it, 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 you can't tell what's real and what isn't. Yeah, and it's, they don't have to pay to go out all the way into the desert. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really exciting, that development in technology. Yeah. And that's all John Favreau who's done that, because the technology comes from his work on The Lion King. Yeah. And even George Lucas himself has visited the sets and been amazed at how incredible the new technology is for the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And also with like all the banthers and the Cyclops guy at the top. Um, the music, amazing, oh, by Ludwig Göransson. It just makes you feel so awesome yeah. inside. The music is by the same person who did the music for Black Panther. Mm -hmm. both, incre both incredible scores, and uh, especially in the new episode as well. Just great music. Mm -hmm. The world building. Yeah. Um, it, I like how it takes like ideas from other planets and it revisits other planets, but it, you see them in a different way. It really adds up because we know that there's Moz Isley. Uh, there's another yeah, all the different places Moss in Tatooine. And, Tatooine. and then there's, there's another one that they introduced. And it really feels like a, a world. Yeah. Not just a tiny little moon. Yes, because the Mandalorian has so much time and so many episodes, there's a lot of time to flesh out the world of Star Wars. In Chapter 6, there's a line where they reference Canto Bight, the casino planet from The Last Jedi. Yeah. They talk about the Gungans in some yeah. episodes. Loads of stuff like that, which just makes the Mandalorian really feel connected. And it also helps connect the prequels and the sequels yeah. together with it, all the different aliens and droids that it chooses to include. It also sort of lets you see the galaxy in the perspective of not a hero, not a villain, just someone in between, sort of like the underdog. Yeah, it's really nice to just have a self-contained story. It's not about the destruction of the entire galaxy. Mm. It's just about one man and his child. Well, not his child, but anyway. Yeah. So um, now we're going to talk about like how the visual effects and it, how it just looks amazing. Yeah, visual effects amazing, like we said with the volume. But you can't you can't tell. Baby Yoda, oh, the I cutest guess. thing <laughs> ever created, and uh, the baby Baby Yoda's character helps us learn more about the Mandalorian, and, and just, therefore we can connect with him. It it also adds some 
like some funny moments in. Which yeah, and funny moments. You quite need. Yeah, it's it's at some points. Baby Yoda is genius because mm -hmm. also because Yo Baby Yoda is connected to Yoda, it creates another sense of mystery about this species, and yeah. like we were saying before, continues to flesh out this Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Right now, I move on to something that's really important. Just really gives it this really modern vibe. Yes, uh, it's cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography is really good, especially in the most recent episode. Oh, definitely. We, let, let's go on to the most recent episode right, so, now. So stop here. Spoilers. Um, spoilers. Th there will be a, a time sort of link in the description if you want to skip the spoilers. Yeah, there's a time code to skip past this section if you haven't seen the episode yet. After this, we'll be talking about Minecraft Dungeons and the new Avengers game. And all sorts of other stuff. Yes. you guys will be interested in. But The Mandalorian, the new episode. Ooh, yes. There's so many great moments in this one. I know, it's Let like all the tiny little Easter eggs. Yes. Like, the there's it's a sand crawler, there's R5-D4, there's pit droids. Yeah, um, there's so many, like, pieces of world building. Yeah, how somebody's speeder is actually Anakin's pod racer, one of his engines. Yeah, let, let's talk about Cobb Vamp. Yeah. So the person who was wearing Boba Fett's armour in the latest episode, the other man dressed in Mandalorian armour is called Cobb Vanth. And I actually really liked his character. Yeah. It, At first, I actually I was like, is that Boba Fett? Cause, same. Because the he, suit doesn't really fit slim. him that well. But then you find out that it's actually just this martial character called Cobb Vanth who uh, lives on Tatooine in this village. But by far, the best part of the episode has got to be the fight scene with the crate dragon. Oh, it's so it's well just shot. The way that the villagers just put together this, like, there's one shot where they're yeah. just all putting all the bombs into one trench. And yes. it's sort of like a drone shot that just moves over them. It's so yeah. satisfying. With Ludwig Göransson's music in the background, the, the music in the scene where the villagers and the Tuscan Raiders are working together Ooh. is actually the same music that they used in episode four, I think, of season one. With mm -hmm. uh, That was also when Mandalorian went to a different village and um, he met Cara Dune. Mm -hmm. And they fought the ATST. With a village. But the, there's a bunch of tiebacks like that in the most recent episode with, with Ludwig Göransson's score. And also yeah. just in the episode in general because we did get foreshadowing about Boba Fett in chapter 5 yeah. of season 1. Yeah, so um, another big part of this is yeah. the Tusken Raiders. Yes. They feel so real. The fact that they use sign language and ah, ah, to communicate, it's yes. just... Again, like we're saying, fleshing out the aliens, they're really giving us a lot of world building. Star yeah. Wars suddenly feels like a lot more real place that you could just go and visit. Yeah. But I love the Tusken Raiders in this episode because up to this point, we've always seen the Tusken Raiders as these evil savages. Mm. Like, think about when they were first introduced in episode four, A New yeah. Hope. The episode really makes us actually care about the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. Because... They, they feel like living, breathing... Yeah, they feel Things. just like normal people. Yeah. Rather than these, like, evil monsters that they've been made out to be. Mm -hmm. And also, because we can, like, we really, like, understand that these Tusken Raiders are like us. They're like humans. Yeah, they, they want more land, but they also, they have two sides to themselves. They have a ruthless side that just wants to take over everything. And they have a nice caring side as well. 
Yeah, when the crate dragon comes out of that cave Ooh. and eats one of the Tuscan raiders he's, instead he's of the banther. He's running for his poor little life. I like, know, it's Yay! tragic. All this world building and fleshing out the Tuscan raiders actually kind of makes me want to go back and watch episode 2 Attack of the Clones when Anakin Skywalker yeah. murders a, a whole, <laughs> an entire camp of Tuscan raiders when he's like first turning to the dark side. Like suddenly that scene is a lot more like tragic and awful to yeah. witness. So the, the opening scene Ooh, yeah. with, uh, with Mandalorian marching towards yeah, with the it's, Cyclops. Yeah, and the, the Cyclops scene. alien is really cool. I love the effect. He, he he looks. I couldn't tell if they created him with CGI or if he was some sort of like puppet or mask or something. Yeah, it was really hard to tell how yeah, they did it. It just looked real. I know. He looked like a real alien. <laughs> um, but the episode overall is really well directed by John Favreau. Yeah. The director of Iron Man 1 and also the writer for most of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. The creator of yeah. the TV show. But this is the first episode that is actually directed and you can tell. Like, yeah. There's a part in the episode halfway through when the crate dragon appears and what happens Conrad? The aspect ratio changes because the crate dragon's so big it can't even fit on the screen. Yes. For all, for all of the other episodes of The Mandalorian, we've had this nice aspect ratio, quite wide, with mm. the black bars at the bottom of the screen. But when the crate dragon appears, we go into this 16 by 9 aspect ratio, which fills the entire TV screen, or whatever you're watching the episode on. And then, right at the end of the episode, it goes back into that, it's, it smoothly transitions back into the normal aspect ratio once they've defeated the crate dragon. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I love, I just love the use of aspect ratio because it's so well shot, like it's simply shot, it's just a still low angle looking up at the crate dragon. But like, it's so giant and it's filmed as if it's real because of the aspect ratio. The crate dragon feels so massive. Yeah. Anyway, that was a massive tangent. <laughs> but like we said, a lot of callbacks to previous episodes. The cinematography in this episode has really stepped up from season one. Oh yeah. So it looks much. beautiful. Absolutely. Like, it, it just looks real. There, there were a few like aesthetically appealing shots in uh, season one. Like yeah. they, they looked pretty nice every now and then. But in season two, in this first episode, every shot just looks so perfect. Yeah. Like that final shot with the binary sunset. And that we actually and watched the it. mysterious figure turning around. Ooh. We actually watched it twice because yes. it was so good. And you, we just had to watch it again because, like, why could it? We yeah. we did watch it twice. It yeah. was that good. It's my favourite episode. Oh, definitely by like at least. Yeah. Right, a lot. Of season one, I loved episode... I loved most of the episodes, to be honest, but I especially loved chapter six, directed by Rick Famuyiwa, the prisoner, where Mandalorian's on the um, New Republic prison, like, in space, with all the characters. I loved that episode, and I loved mm -hmm. the final episode of the series, directed by Taika Waititi. Yep. But this episode was just so awesome, the scenes with the crate dragon. Yeah. One thing I'd like to talk about is yeah. all the Easter eggs that just make it feel intertwined with 
Yeah. The original trilogy. Like, what's it called? Cobb Van. Cobb Vanth. Like, how Cobb Vanth's feeder is Anakin's pod racer. Yes, Just that's a really it. awesome detail. Uh, because there's that shot where you see the Mandalorian going along on his speeder. And then, and, then, just, and then Cobb Vanth, the Boba Fett guy, comes next to him on his speeder. He's just like, wait a second. Yeah. <gasps> if you look closely, it's Anakin. It's uh, it's one of the engines from Anakin's pod racer that yeah. Cobb Vanth is using there. Like the pit droids? Yeah. Uh, they, how they have the same sense of humour like in episode one? Yes, and the great part about the start of this episode when the Mandalorian lands back on Tatooine is uh, when he when he sees that old woman again who's fixing her ship and sending out her pit droids to fix it. Mm -hmm. But this time the Mandalorian actually does let the pit droids fix the ship yeah. because of what happened in Chapter 8 with IG-11. Yeah. IG-11, of course, the, the, the <laughs> giant, the, the robot guy um, who sacrifices himself to save the Mandalorian. And, and Yoda. Yeah. And that's where the Mandalorian gains his trust for droids. So it's really nice to see the conclusion of that character arc in this episode. Now, to wrap things up, we do need to talk about the very final shot of the episode. Oh, yes. The way that the aspect ratios change back to black, it sort of goes across a cliff and still, and it's focused on the Mandalorian on his speeder. Then you see this black yes. figure. And he turns this? around and it's the... Yeah. Well, Boba Fett! <laughs> yeah, we think it could be Boba Fett. Well, he's, he's or... played by the same actor as Jango Fett and his face is all messed up, so... Yeah, Tamuera Morrison is the name of the actor. He has played all the clones in the live-action prequel Star Wars films. And he's also played Aquaman's dad. <laughs> but, yeah, he's there. He's either... He's got to be Boba Fett, but he could also be Captain Rex, maybe, from the Clone yeah. Wars. One of the clones. So I'm so excited to see the next episode because if that is Boba Fett, are the Mandalorian and Boba Fett going to fight? Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And how how did Boba Fett survive coming out of the... Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc pit oh, yeah. in um, Return of the Jedi. One thing they touched on is that the Crate Dragon lives in an abandoned Sarlacc pit. Now, in my abandoned theory... Abandoned Sarlacc pit, my, exactly. My theory is that the Crate Dragon didn't destroy the um, Sarlacc pit because if you look closely the crate dragon it doesn't bury itself into the ground too far deep right too deep down it sort of moves along the sand like a crocodile <laughs> yeah but the Sarlacc pit it's actually so it's got the pit part yeah it has its long neck leading to a huge stomach at the bottom yeah and this is about like 200 meters down into the sand yes and my theory is that if the crate dragon's going to attack attack it, the, the Sarlacc pit could just get its tentacles and chomp it down. Jango Fett must have blown it up. The, the Crate Dragon Boba came Fett and just ate it, and yeah. then it's taken over the... And also... Because the... Sorry. Because there is that... Um, there's this Star Wars Legends comic that isn't actually canon to Star Wars, but it's where Boba Fett... It's like this alternate version of Star Wars where Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit at the end of Return of the Jedi by using his flamethrower to destroy it and then fly out. So maybe that's what has happened in The Mandalorian. I think yeah. that in the next episode we could get maybe just a brief flashback or at least some mention yeah. that Boba Fett 
escaped the Sarlacc pit. Imagine seeing a flashback scene of Boba Fett. Like, it literally starts, Return of the Jedi, you watch Boba Fett fall into the Sarlacc pit. Then, you see him inside the Sarlacc pit, he uses his flamethrower to blow it all up and escape outside. That'd be amazing. Do you have any predictions for, what go for what's going to happen next? Do you think we'll, go to, we'll finally go to the fishing planet? Or do you think we'll um, stay on Tatooine for another episode? I think we'll stay on Tatooine. Yeah, so do I. Tatooine. I think it's just going to be the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, an episode of them two, and then get Boba Fett out of the way and move on with the rest of the show. Yeah. Or, I, I, don't I don't think we'll head to any of the new planets. Or, yes. At, at the end, I mean, he could travel to the fishing planet right at the end, but he doesn't seem like the fishing planet will be in that episode for no, quite as long. Or if the man at the end is Captain Rex, one of the clones then maybe we'll get a soaker in the next episode. Oh but that's the less likely theory. Yeah. Now, the final thing I wanted to say was about the Mandalorian's character, because he's got a really good, like... He's, there's a few moments in this episode that are just so good for the Mandalorian's yeah. character. Yeah, I agree. There's this moment where Cobb Vanth and the Mandalorian are trying to convince the villagers to go out and to team up with the Tusken Raiders to fight the Crate Dragon. For the, the for the first part of it, Cobb Vanth is just explaining what's going on and they're quite rowdy talking back to him saying how oh, they don't want to join the Tusken Raiders. And then when the Mandalorian starts speaking, they all go quiet. Yeah. And it's just a great moment. Like it shows you the effect that just the armour has on mm -hmm. All the people, it's just a really fun moment. And then again, there's a great moment with Cobb Vanth where he's like breaking up a Tuscan raider and a villager from like fighting because one of them dropped a. It's explosive. And that's all because of the Mandalorian who had, who we saw earlier in the episode, had learnt the Tuscan raider language and become like friends. He'd become allies with them. Yeah. Got anything else, Conrad? Um, well, Boba Fett was actually quite near the Crate Dragon pit, if you like. Yeah. Because um, he sort of goes away on a speeder. And then I'm pretty sure, if it is Boba, Boba Fett, he's been spying on them. And he's seen Jango, uh, Boba, yeah, Jango Fett's armour. Boba Fett's armour. No, because... Oh, yeah, is. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so complicated. So Boba Fett's armour... Yeah. Is actually Django Fett's armor repainted. Yeah. It's jumble it's a jumbled together Mandalorian yeah. armor. So I think he's been spying on them and he knows where the armor is. So that's why I think he's gonna come in the next episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are going to encounter each other almost a hundred percent definitely at some point in the next episode. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Uh-huh. But unfortunately we do have to wait an entire week. <laughs> but before well, Before that, we might as well talk about some other things that we that have been going on this week. This is a podcast about uh, films, TV shows, and video games. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk about a video game that's that could have been better. Yeah. Why could it have been better? And what video game are we talking about, Connor? So this is Minecraft Dungeons. Yes, the new so, Minecraft game, Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. Um. So. First of all, I'd like to say it was a really big, really big thing for Mojang to do this. Mojang is the uh, people who made Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Last time, 
when they created a Minecraft spin-off, it ended up with an entire company shutting down. Oh. <laughs> that, that was um, Minecraft like, Story Mode. They kind of took a risk on this Minecraft yeah. Dungeons. But I think for the first, like, month it was out, everyone was playing it. When I got it, I thought it was absolutely amazing. So the first time yeah. when I was playing through the main story, it was pretty good. But then... Yeah, sorry, um, what type of game is Minecraft Dungeons again? Uh, it's a dungeon crawler. Yes. Which basically means it's a top-down angle of you running through a uh, sort of like a tunnel, if you like. Yeah, a so dungeon. It, it's sort of like from the third person rather than normal Minecraft where you're building stuff. In Minecraft Dungeons... It's all about fighting. Yeah, you're fighting and exploring down these, uh, like encountering all these mythical these. monsters and skeletons yeah. and all that with different weapons, bows and arrows. But then it turns out that the last boss is actually pretty easy to defeat. And once you defeated him, like, I was literally waiting for, like, when's the next update going to come out? I'm really bored. Because mm. I'd done all the levels. I'd, like, basically explored everything. And all, the only thing you could really do was explore them again and find all the little secrets. So I did find all the secrets. So I found the Mushroom Island. And then the Jungle Awakens came out. And I just thought, I can't be bothered with this anymore. It wasn't a very big game, was it? Like, no. It, it's, it got very, not much really boring it. after a while. Because that's the thing about the original Minecraft. It doesn't date because yeah. it's so creative. You can build anything whenever you want. There's no levels. Mm -hmm. It's all fun stuff like that. But Minecraft what? Dungeons is a very basic game. Fun fact. <laughs> TNT in Minecraft was added um, just before I was born. <laughs> okay, so speaking of games that are... Well, they're not bad, but they could be way better. I would actually like to talk about Marvel's Avengers. Oh, yeah. Now, I haven't actually bought this game, so maybe I'm not the most qualified person to talk about it. But the thing is, I should have bought this game. Like, I'm a big fan of the Avengers. One of my favourite films ever made is Avengers Endgame. I love the original Avengers Assemble. I grew up with the original Iron Man film. I love Captain America. So... Why, why, why do, have I not felt obliged to buy this game? Like, I look at it and it just doesn't excite me. Yeah, it, it does look very boring. The action scenes, I've, I've watched the action scenes, they, they look very repetitive, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm not even that good at gaming anyway. The only game that I've properly completed on the PS4 is Spider-Man PS4 because oh. I absolutely love that game so much. So epic. But uh, Marvel Avengers, it just really didn't appeal to me. The designs of all the characters looked pretty boring to me. Like I wanted, yeah. I wanted to be excited for the game, but yeah. looking at all the reviews of it, like it just wasn't for me. Mm. It, if you like the game, good for you. But I'm gonna it wait a bit a before bit I buy it. Repetitive. All the customization options, they they like they don't look that good. And the fact that you don't have yes. like the fact that you don't have any MCU skins in there. Yeah, that's the other it's thing. Just... All all the different skins and costumes that you can put the characters in. I've looked at them, they're terrible. Like, one of my favourite parts of gaming is customising oh, everything. Oh, definitely. I love customising. Uh... Even my phone. I've got all... I've just got all these widgets and different backgrounds added onto it to make it look really nice. I love customising things. Oh, yeah. But I... all the skins on Avengers look terrible to me. I know. And the graphics aren't even that good. To, be, to my eyes, I'm not being hyperbolic here, but I look at Avengers and it looks like it, it should be for the PS3, to be honest. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't want to be mean to anyone who's worked really hard making the game, but the game just seems like it's unfinished and it's been rushed by the Square Enix who made it. Yeah. Or whoever controls when the game got released. It was a bit I, like Battlefront 2 when it was released. It should have way more characters, but because when it released it had so many faults because it was rushed, they, yeah. they had to spend way more time fixing it. Star Wars Battlefront 2, like now, now the game awesome. is really fun because you can be Darth Vader, Anakin, Rey, all those characters, but when it first came out you couldn't really do that much. Yeah. And it seems like it's the same thing with this Avengers game. Yeah. To be honest, I might buy the game when Spider-Man joins the Avengers and the next update or whatever, but I just, I kind of expect better from such a great and amazing <clears throat> brand like the Avengers. Yeah. Alright, let's get away from that awful topic. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's recommendations for our wonderful listeners. We're talking about books, films, music, or anything we've consumed this week that we would recommend. By the way, if you've got any recommendations, you can let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Yeah, I, I will then check them out on YouTube and... Um... We'll, we'll reply and maybe we can talk about them on the next episode of the show. Yeah. So... Let us know in the comments any we'll, ideas you have. We'll also give you a shout-out as well. We'll give you a shout-out if you want. Okay, so have you got any recs for this week, Conrad? Well, I have to recommend this absolutely incredible blockbuster, awesome, super good film. It's Pacific Rim. Ooh, yes. Awesome movie. Big, epic. Yeah, I'd highly recommend this. Uh, you know, uh, just, just watch it. I mean, don't expect to see anything. Just... Going yeah. there blind. It like it seems like some sort of standard dumb blockbuster, nothing to it. But it's actually really well directed by Guillermo del Toro. The way he moves the camera, it's very real. There's yeah. no magic flying camera because basically the movie's about aliens fighting robots. Yeah. But the way that Guillermo del Toro films it is very realistic. Like. It could be a shot from a helicopter or a shot from on top of a building. Yeah. It's that type of thing, but there's no magic flying camera that's doing everything. The music is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's by Ramin Joaldi. As soon as you hear the music, you can just recognise it specifically. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the composer for Pacific Rim also did Iron Man. So yeah. that's a fun little detail. One of my favourite moments is where one of the robots is fighting a huge alien. Yep. He misses a punch, it goes into a building, there's just a shot of it just going ramming through all like tons of desks. Yeah, it literally flaws. just flying through a building. And, and the camera's just there inside the building <laughs> tracking as it comes past. It, yeah, um, and, then it's, and then it just slows to a halt, touches a chair, the chair touches a table, which activates a Newton's cradle, it goes Yes. And then it just tracks the um, the hand as it comes back out, and then we continue the battle. The battle. It's just a really nice moment to get some fresh air from all this heavy, really intense yeah. action. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. Like, it's very simple. It's a standard blockbuster on the surface. But when you get into it, it's really well directed. Yeah. And actually, an interesting part of the movie is how only two people can pilot these machines or yeah. or sometimes three people. Yeah, if they have depending on how many arms there are. Yeah, but these people have to be connected and the, their memories have to like work together and things yeah. like that. 
It's um, very strange, but... It, it, like, it makes no sense in real life. But that's but, why it's amazing. Yeah, but it works for the story and the characters, and it's really the... Really, the film is all about relationships and memories. Yeah. It's just telling this story and it is a simple story yeah through this awesome action blockbuster yeah and it, it has its funny moments as well with these two uh, uh scientist scientist people who are trying to figure out how to communicate with these alien life forms yeah it should be a four star movie yeah but i rated it five stars <laughs> because i just love it now we're going to talk about a, a game that you can get on PC, uh, PS3, Xbox 360 or mobile. This is called Terraria. I remember when I was like 13, no, when I was like 11, I, yeah. I remember seeing it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's 2D Minecraft. Yeah, basically. Um, but because it doesn't have that extra 3D element, they can add way more coding. So you have way more weapons, way more ores, way bigger maps. It's like, literally, the amount of time you can just spend caving is absolutely insane. If you want to see some more of this, I do recommend the Canadian YouTuber, My Dry Bread. Um, My Dry Bread. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's really good, so I recommend checking out him. Cool. Anything else to say about the game? Why do you like it? It's just, it's so simple, and it yeah. feels, what, what? it feels retro. But that hmm. gives it some charm because it's yeah. still fun. And because it has a really long story, yeah. you can just... It, it never gets boring. So, like, I mean, that's kind of the same with Minecraft. Like, it's a game that doesn't really age. It doesn't yeah. date. You can play it whenever because it's simple. Yeah. Also kind of like Among Us, which yeah. actually came out in 2018. But now that we're all in lockdown, everyone's playing it. So, uh, what, what are your recommendations for this week? Well, obviously, I recommend Pacific Rim oh, and yeah. also the Pacific Rim music. Yeah, you can get it on Spotify. Yeah, I often listen to it. But uh, my main recommendation is this anime I've been watching called One Punch Man. And it's about this superhero who trained really hard. It's like, it, it may, again, this is all just pure fantasy, but he trained really hard to become... Uh, so powerful that he can defeat anything with one punch. What badge? <laughs> yeah, it's a really funny show. Conrad's been watching it with me as well. It, it has some charm to it. What I love about the main character as well is he's that he's just so he, casual. Yeah, he's so like chilled out and about it, these giant monsters because like, he can just defeat them with one punch. And like, it, he, he always gets really sad because he kills them in one punch. It was sort of an epic basketball, but he could just go. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he he's actually disappointed that that fighting people is so easy. Like there's yeah. so many fun moments that like that in the show, and just just the main character is written really well. Yeah. His problems don't come from that he's extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. He's he's got everyday problems, you know. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of more relatable despite being extremely overpowered. And it, it's just really funny to look at him. Because everybody else has this really cool anime sort of style, and he's just got his yeah. ball. It's he's just a draw, circle. He's drawn in a very simple style. It's just a circle with two eyes and a mouth. Yeah. And a nose. Yeah. That's awesome. literally it. It's an awesome TV show. It the first episode's really good, and then it builds up to this cool climax. There's some world building with all the other different superheroes in this universe. Really fun game. All right. So um. Last Did I say game then? Really fun TV show. 
So last week, um, we were absolutely overjoyed at how much support we got on the first podcast. Yes. So, um, and one part of the thing that I think everybody really liked is... Um, the it, Among Us Live game, even yes. though it was very short. Yeah, very short. So we're hoping to get a, a longer game this time. Yeah, let's, hop- let's, let's do another Among Us game yeah, and- live on the podcast. Why not? Because mm-hmm. last time it was quite ridiculous because we both got the imposter at the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that has never happened before. It was like when I was playing with my friend and we both got the imposter and you're like, oh, we're gonna wreck everybody else. <laughs> okay, so here we are, about to start another uh, live Among Us game, live on the podcast. You'll be able to hear it. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see what's happening. But if not, it doesn't matter. You'll still be able to hear what's going on. And, yeah, we're about to start a game. And the the map is Polis, just to let you know. So basically what will happen is when the game starts, Conrad will leave the room. And I'll tell you whether I'm the imposter or a crewmate. Probably a crewmate. What are the odds of that? Someone joined the game and left the game with a witch's hat and a yellow skin called Hufflepuff. And now and we now, have somebody called Ravenclaw, yes. who's the exact same except blue. Oh my god, his name is Fabian too. What are the odds of this? Alright. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Okay, so. we're going to start the game now. Alright, I need to head out of this room. I'm a crewmate. That's good. I'm going to go do my task in laboratory. Oh, it's the telescope task. I've got a little galaxy thing. To- oh, the lights are going off. I'd better hurry up on this. Okay. Oh, it's Conrad. Hmm. Right, I'm going to go down into the office and do this download task. I hate waiting for download tasks. Like, come on, can't you come up with something more interesting than just waiting for something to load? Oh my god, there's a body. Okay. Right, I was in the office and there was a body. I was in electrical fixing lights. There was a body in office. Blue went to specimen, right? I think it's dark, blue or white. Everybody's saying blue sus anyway. Alright, okay, fine, we'll vote Ravenclaw then. Blue. Blue sus. Ravenclaw left the bloody game. Uh, Maybe it was him. (laughs) Maybe we've got him. Yeah. (gasps) White was not an imposter. So who is it then? Oh, there's an emergency meeting. What is all this about? I have no idea who it is now. Make up your mind. <laughs> I am so confused. Right, I've got no idea who it is, so shall we skip? We'll skip. Well, we we might we might be able to do all our tasks in time, maybe. Once. It's not looking very likely though, because we've all still got loads of tasks left. So if there's one imposter, we're good. One, yeah. Two imposters, we're bad. All I have to do is kill one person each. Oh. Uh oh, no one was ejected, skipped. It doesn't even say. Right, oh, one. one imposter. Okay, okay. Who could it be then? Okay, I'm gonna go into communications and do my task here. So the reboot task. Now I'm just gonna pop back out. I'm gonna do, finally actually do my maze task. Oh, I've done it wrong already. This is what I hate about doing the maze task on mobile, it's so difficult. Yes, I've done it. Dead body. Because everybody was saying purple and cyan. <laughs> and so I'm, it's purple then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Could it be purple? Yeah, people are saying purple sus. Okay, let's vote purple. <gasps> <gasps> oh no, who is it? Oh, we are doomed. Right, quick to the lights, quick to the lights before we all die. Oh my gosh, this is intense. Okay, I've got two tasks in communications to do. I don't even know. Oh, oh. 
red. Oh, I'm so dumb. Of course it's red. I'm oh dear, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sus on red. Because I just saw him do no task on my way to specimen. I can't say anything. I'm, I'm a ghost. This is very close. You've got to convince Brown though. Oh, this is suspenseful. What if Conrad is, doesn't win? Come on, Conrad, I believe in you. I believe. We have to prove to our listeners that we are amazing at this game. Even though we're yeah, actually he quite bad. Yeah, it on other people. <gasps> oh no! No, I voted for you! Was tragic. No. It was Ravenclaw and Elwood. We've been defeated. Ah, oh, we were defeated by Ravenclaw. <clears throat> Damn it! This uh, this podcast suddenly turned into a Harry Potter episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, I give up. Yeah. Right, that's enough for this bloody game for today. Let's get on to the end of the show, jeez. Okay, that brings us towards the end of this episode. But before we do wrap up. All our weekly whys. We have one question. Why are the three Pirates of the Caribbean films great? Let us know if you agree or disagree, and why, on Twitter, at The Weekly Whys. The Weekly Whys, all one word. The start of each word is a capital letter. Or you can send an email to me at fabs.j.ellis at gmail.com. But make sure you stay tuned to find out next time why Pirates of the Caribbean is just so appealing. Yes, and we'll also do our review of the next episode of The Mandalorian when that comes out. And we might even do another Among Us Live game. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at FabianEllis6. And I have a YouTube channel called Movie Soup where I also talk about films and TV and stuff. I've just done a video on The Evil Dead 2. There's a bunch of comedy sketch videos I've made called Fabes vs Ian. But normally I talk about Star Wars and Marvel and all that good stuff. If you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to share, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube where you can support us by liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing and ringing the bell. Because you... You can yeah, never turn the on bell. the bell and you won't miss our next episode where we'll review The Mandalorian and all that stuff and Pirates of the Caribbean. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.